Welcome to this Peer Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash TMJ. This activity is supported by an unrestricted educational grant from Al Nylum Pharmaceuticals Incorporated. Al Nylum has no involvement in the selection of the speakers, the development of the activity, the agenda, or the materials. Welcome to this Peer Voice On Demand activity based on a recent virtual event. At any time during this video based activity, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello everyone, I am Professor Paolo Ventura from the Center for Porphyria at the University of Modena and Reggio Emilia in Modena, Italy. Thank you very much for joining us today at our virtual live session on Perspectives in Acute Hepatic Porphyria's Care, Improving Long-Term Management with Novel Therapeutics. Joining me in these discussions is my esteemed colleague, Dr. Paula Aguilera Peiro from the Hospital Clinic de Barcelona in Barcelona, Spain. In this session, we'll be discussing the 24-month analysis of the InVision trial and uh, the goals of treatment of patients with acute hepatic porphyrias. I am really sure we are going to have a really stimulating discussion on how best to treat the real needs of our patient living with acute hepatic porphyrias. So first, let me begin with an overview of the 24-month analysis of the InVision trial. Acute hepatic porphyrias are a group of four rare genetic diseases characterized by potentially life-threatening acute attacks and, uh, for some patients, chronic manifestations such as hypertension, chronic kidney disease, liver disease, impacting significantly on daily functioning and on quality of life. AHPs are caused by hepatic biosynthesis defects, leading to an accumulation of the neurotoxic heme intermediates ALA and PBG mainly as a consequence of liver ALA synthase overexpression. Prior to the approval of Givosiran, treatment options for acute hepatic porphyrias were limited. Disease management was based on avoidance of attack triggers and intravenous hemin administration for acute attacks. Hemin is effective in the treatment of acute attacks, but it can result in side effects such as acute phlebitis, venous thrombosis, and iron overload. Givosiran is a subcutaneously administered RNA interference drug that specifically targets mRNA encoding LAS1 in the liver and lowers induced LAS1 thereby preventing accumulation of LA and PBG. The Envision trial is a double-blind, placebo-controlled phase 3 trial. 94 patients with acute hepatic porphyria were randomly assigned to receive either subcutaneous givosiran or placebo. The two groups were followed for a period of 6 months. 
After the six-month double-blind period, 93 patients received givoziran during the open-label extension period. If we look at the baseline characteristics, placebo and givoziran-treated group were perfectly balanced from a statistical point of view with regard to age at screening, sex, mutation status, years since diagnosis, use of hemin, and four all important parameters. Here you can see the biochemical effects observed in the study. Patients in the treatment group showed a sudden and significant reduction near to normalization of LA and PBG levels, whilst patients receiving placebo did not. During the OLA period, patients in the treatment group continued to show normal levels of LA and PBG, while the placebo patients also showed reduced and normalized LA and PBG levels as soon as they were treated with givoziran. The median annualized attack rate in patients treated with givoziran was almost completely normalized. In the placebo group, patients continued to have acute attacks, but as soon as they were treated with givoziran, acute attack rates were significantly reduced. And at the bottom, you see that the proportion of patients with zero composite attacks significantly increased in both groups in parallel with givoziran use. Long-term givoziran treatment was associated with a sustained reduction in the hemin use, which is the standard therapy for acute attacks. In the placebo crossover group, the proportion of patients with zero days of hemin use increased during the OLA period compared with the double-blind period. Patients in, in the continuous givoziran group reported improvements in daily worst pain during the OLA period. Also, placebo crossover patients reported a decrease in daily worst pain in the OLA compared with the double-blind period. Decreases in the number of patients and median proportion of days with opioid use were reported in the placebo crossover group during the all compared with the double-blind period. Here we can see the changes in quality of life at month 24. Patients in both the continuous givoziran and placebo crossover groups show further improvement in physical and mental health as assessed by the SF12 physical component summary as well as in quality of life as assessed by the EuroQual visual analog scale. Here you see that long-term treatment with givoziran was associated with improvement in different quality of life domains such as activities of daily living, perception of treatment and living a more normal life. Improvements at 24 months were seen in both the continuous givoziran and placebo crossover groups. Now let's have a look at the safety signals. The most common treatment-related adverse events were injection site reaction and fatigue. 18% of patients showed an increase in liver enzymes, which was mild to moderate in severity, 
and in many cases they were transient. 22% of patients reported renal adverse events, which were mostly increased creatinine and or decreased EGFR. Most events were mild or moderate in severity and none led to treatment discontinuation. Serious adverse events included chronic kidney disease, especially in patients who had chronic renal impairment before the treatment. Some patients had pyrexia and UTI, and only one patient had a significant allergic reaction. About 80% of patients reported a significant increase in plasma homocysteine levels, but none of these events led to treatment discontinuation. In conclusion, the Envision 24-month analysis further confirms that long-term using of givosinan provides a sustained and continuous benefit to patients affected by symptomatic acute hepatic porphyria. The long-term use of this new drug demonstrated a good and durable response across a wide range of clinical parameters. 86% and 76% of patients in the continuous givosidan and also in the placebo crossover groups, respectively, continued to be completely free from acute attack of porphyria during the month from 21 to 24. The analysis show a sustained reduction in the acute attack rate in LA in PBG levels and also in the hemin use and a significant and important further improvements in daily worst pain, physical functioning and in other parameters of quality of life. This also demonstrated an effect not only in acute symptoms but also in chronic symptoms of disease and the safety profile of Givosiran remained acceptable. Thank you very much for your attention. And next, we are going to hear from Dr. Paolo Aguilera Peiro, who is going to take us through the treatment goals in acute hepatic porphyrias. Paola, the floor, the floor is yours. Hello, I am Dr. Paola Aguilera, I am a dermatologist in Hospital Clinic de Barcelona, where I am responsible of the porphyria unit. And today I will talk about treatment goals in acute hepatic porphyria. Can we raise the bar for long-term management? Acute hepatic porphyria is a group of four rare inherited diseases of embryosynthesis that present with episodic acute neurovisceral symptoms. The four types are 5-aminolevulinic acid dehydratase deficiency porphyria, acute intermittent porphyria, hereditary coproporphyria, and variegate porphyria. Their diagnoses are often missed or delayed because the clinical symptoms mimic other more common disorders. Acute intermittent porphyria is the most common type of AHP, and as you can see here in the last line, its prevalence in all countries is almost six cases per million inhabitants, but with very low clinical penetrance. Only approximately 10% of all patients will experience symptoms. And of these, 10% of symptomatic patients will develop recurrent attacks. Patients with chronic and sporadic attacks are the ones who may develop chronic symptoms. 
AHP attacks are characterized by the development of acute neurovisceral pain. There are four major subgroups of patients with symptomatic porphyria. Most of them will develop the first severe acute attack that lead to the diagnosis and then will be in remission without symptoms if they avoid precipitating factors. However, some patients will keep having sporadic attacks after their first acute attack, fewer than four per year. And there are the patients who concern us the most, the chronic patients, who represent approximately 8 to 13% of all the symptomatic patients. These chronic patients have more than four acute attacks per year. These patients with recurrent and sporadic attacks are the ones that may develop chronic symptoms. The Explorer study evaluated the natural history of the disease. It is an observational, multinational, prospective natural history study to understand more about the natural history of acute hepatic porphyria. And here we can see that these are the symptoms reported by more than 80% of patients during acute attacks. You can see that the most frequently reported symptom is abdominal pain, followed by trouble in sleeping, anxiety, nausea, loss of appetite and change in urine color. And interestingly and very important, the results show that 65% of patients experience chronic symptoms even between attacks, such as abdominal and other pain, anxiety, nausea and tiredness. And among patients experiencing these chronic symptoms, 71% reported having chronic symptoms daily. This is very important, especially now, when we have new therapies that can significantly help these patients with recurrent attacks and improve their quality of life. There are also long-term complications of acute hepatic porphyria, particularly liver and kidney diseases, and also hypertension and chronic pain. Patients with AHP have been identified as at risk of primary liver cancer, especially hepatocellular carcinoma. For patients aged over 50, some guidelines recommend performing ultrasound and analytic alpha-fetoprotein every 6 or 12 months, depending on whether or not the porphyria is symptomatic. Some studies have also found high levels of chronic kidney disease in patients with AHP. So it's also important to try to treat the hypertension that is also associated with AHP and to monitor creatinine and glomerular filtration. It is also important to note that patients with AHP can develop chronic pain associated with axonal motor polyneuropathy, which can lead to severe depression and anxiety with patients reporting chronic pain almost daily. This chronic pain is sometimes associated with a delay in the initial diagnosis. So what are the recommendations for the management of AHP? We have to focus on avoiding triggers such as certain medications, extreme dieting, excessive alcohol consumption or smoking. For the treatment of acute attacks, emin, where available, or glucose and carbohydrate overload is recommended. Pain is managed with the allowed medication in these patients, 
and sometimes hormone therapy is used for patients experiencing AHP attacks related to the menstrual cycle. Other medications are also used to treat and reduce chronic symptoms like nausea, constipation, tachycardia and seizures. Now we have new approaches such as RNA interference therapy which is used to reduce the frequency of AHP attacks and in very severe cases liver transplantation which is rarely used these days can be considered but only when the other approaches have been unsuccessful. Givosiran is now approved for treating AHP in adults and young people aged over 12 with recurrent attacks at a dose of 2.5 milligrams per kilo administered once monthly subcutaneously. It decreases the production of neurotoxic intermediates like ALA and PBG and prevents recurrent attacks and improves chronic and acute symptoms of acute hepatic porphyria. So, what is the significance of small interfering RNA-based therapy in the context of current standard of care and what should the patient journey look like with the availability of new therapeutic options? Let's start at the very beginning, when a patient is admitted with their first acute attack of porphyria. The goals of therapy for an acute attack of AHP are to abate the attack as rapidly as possible with specific therapy and provide symptomatic and supportive treatment until the attack abates. Hospitalization is usually required for acute attacks and intravenous administration of amine is the gold standard of treatment. Afterward, when the patient enters remission, we have to follow them. If the patient enters remission by just avoiding the triggers and remains stable over time, we would follow them approximately every six months. If the patient continues to experience acute attacks, then we would monitor them more closely approximately every two to three months. But what can we do if our patients keep having recurrent attacks, more than two attacks every six months? Until now, our option was to administer prophylactic amine. But our experience is that amine is not effective in terms of preventing these acute attacks and has a lot of side effects, especially when used chronically. With the approval of small interfering RNA-based therapy, we are seeing these patients experience rapid recovery and they stop having chronic attacks. So in conclusion, patients with AHP may be at increased risk of liver and kidney diseases and it's important to control or monitor that. Intravenous amine is the treatment of choice to control an acute attack but has limitations and side effects, especially when it's used chronically. Patients treated with prophylactic amine continue to experience symptoms and have an impaired quality of life. Givosiran, a promising RNA interfering therapy, may potentially change the natural history of AHP in chronic patients who experience recurrent attacks. There remains a need for early diagnosis of AHP in order to reduce the burden of chronic symptoms and the frequency of acute attacks. And thank you for your attention. Hello, 
Welcome to the question and answer uh, session. Um, please uh, feel free to make uh, all your questions using the chat button of the software. And um, before uh, beginning to answer all uh, your questions, it is important uh, that I recommend all of, to all of you to fill the evaluation form of this webinar at the end of the session. Thank you in advance for your collaboration. So let's start to answer to your question. The first one is, uh, what are your, my perceptions of gene therapy trials in AHP? We don't have a lot of gene trial for AHP. Only one has been uh, uh, taken up by a Spanish group. The results were very good in animal models, but when they try to uh, transfer the, the same results in uh, a, a small human um, volunteers, uh, the results were not uh, so good. And uh, probably the problem was uh, uh, um, in, the, in the vector, in the viral vector they use. So uh, regarding the gene therapy, the data are not so encouraging now, but um, this is, but probably in the future they may change if uh, a technical problem would be solved. The next question is, uh, is if uh, will Givosiran compete with hiv heming in porphyria prophylaxis? Um, intravenous heming is used uh, uh, in uh, in uh, profi therapy for uh, severe uh, forms of uh, uh, acute porphyrias for patients with uh, severe recurrent attacks, but this use was not uh, um, based on uh, evidence-based data, but only on uh, expert opinions. And so data of, uh, of the effect of intravenous amine in profit therapy are very variable. Of course, uh, the strongest data we have are uh, in the prophylaxis of uh, um, the acute attacks of uh, the severe, of patients with severe forms of acute porphyria come from the Envision study, which is uh, a placebo control group study um, based on uh, the Vosiran um, use, and uh, it uh, uh, has uh, strong data uh, about the effect, the good, the really good effect of uh, this kind of therapy in uh, the um, prophylaxis of uh, um, acute attacks in patients with the severe forms of. Uh, acute hepatic porphyrias. The next question is uh, if uh, there are any dietary recommendations for patients with AHP. Uh, AHP um, for AHP is not recommended starvation. Starvation is a, a, a foe for uh, AHP because uh, um, 
strict, the, the too strict diet or uh, starvation may induce acute attack in patients with AHP. So it is uh, important that patient uh, uh, have uh, a, a normal and a good uh, nutrition status, especially uh, richest in, in uh, carbohydrate because carbohydrate may, um, may be involved in the um, control of ALS1 expression, modulating or, and reducing ALS1 expression in patients with AHP. And so um, a diet rich in carbohydrate may um, in some way reduce the risk of, um, of a recurrent acute attacks. Next, next uh, question is, uh, um, how do you manage severe HP during pregnancy? And if can givosiran be used during pregnancy? In my opinion, givosiran is contraindicated during pregnancy because his possible effect on heme synthesis in the liver, in, uh, in, the, in the fetus may be dangerous. Personally, I uh, stop the administration of uh, um, givosinan in uh, a patient of mine who um, wants to be pregnant. At, at the moment, she uh, has um, under control, and, uh, and if uh, and in case of due uh, crisis, we will use hemin and hemin because hemin is not contraindicated during pregnancy. Even if uh, in most cases, in most documented cases during pregnancy, the patients with severe forms of AHP uh, goes well in, in the sense that they reduce the severity and the number of crises. But of course, the delivery uh, period may be a, a risk period for acute crisis, so, so the patients may be um, considered with very carefully when they um, approach the delivering uh, the delivery uh, phase of the pregnancy. Of course, the patient the, um, may be. Um, Maybe uh, may, may return to use GIVO after the, the pregnancy, um, and even if we have no data about the possibility that um, um, GIVO may be uh, transmitted by the, by the milk. But of course, uh, we can use a, an artificial milk after the, the delivery. So this uh, possible side effect may be um, reduced. Question nine, if I had hemine to give Osiran in patients who suffer from recurrent AHP attacks. In my experience, all my patients, all my severe, all, all my patients with severe forms of AHP, that is with recurrent uh, severe crisis who uh, underwent uh, uh, givosiran therapy, um, were completely free of attacks during uh, the, this therapy. They uh, did not uh, need any more um, uh, uh, hemin 
and uh, um, in my in my experience uh, i think that givo almost completely um, um, elimin eliminates the, the need for givosiran uh, um, use Nevertheless, uh, some colleagues of mine uh, have had uh, some patients who under uh, GIVO had uh, some uh, acute crisis. And of course, uh, GIVO, uh, and of course, in this case, Hemine may be used. Uh, um, otherwise, I think it should be used because, uh, uh, of course, uh, GIVO and uh, Hemine use are not uh, um, in contrast the one with the other, but they. Uh, complete the, the use. So um, in case of acute attacks in a patient under GIVO treatment, hemin should be used and it, it may consider a, 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 a therapy, an important therapy. This question is really interesting. A 31 years female patient who experienced severe attacks that is uh, severe abdominal pain, vomiting, and seizures, but the attacks are not frequent, three attacks in four years. She has developed chronic hypertension as well, and the question is uh, if uh, this girl would be a candidate for givoziran treatment. It is, uh, there is not a good response to this question because uh, chronic hypertension per se at the moment is not an indication for givoziran treatment in the sense that we have no sufficient data that chronic use of givo may significantly reduce chronic hypertension. Probably for chronic hypertension, we can use some antihypertensive drug that, like beta blocker. On the contrary, this kind of patient should be um, carefully monitored because she, she had uh, severe attacks. And, and so if in the future, these patients increase the rate of severe attacks, it is, she is surely a patient who has, be, uh, who has to be considered for GIVO therapy. This is a really good question. What happens when givosiran therapy is stopped? This is really a good question. Um, we have uh, uh, some different data and uh, um, there are patients that uh, uh, in, uh, increase progressively the LA and PBG levels and in some cases um, um, present uh, attacks again, and other patients whose LA and PBG levels remain normal or quite normal for a very long time. So uh, at the moment, uh, um, I and my colleagues are uh, um, debating um, about this point, but of course we have no um, sufficient data to uh, define this, uh, this, uh, this problem. What is the approximate cost of givosiran one month treatment? Thank you. 
The Givosinan is uh, administrated one per month. It is uh, administrated subcutaneously, like, uh, I don't know, uh, low uh, molecular weight heparin. And uh, in Italy, the, the cost of uh, one single dose is about uh, uh, 50,000 euros. So um, you can, uh, so if you consider that the, um, the GIVO is uh, uh, administered one, one per month in, uh, in, in a year, it uh, should be administered 12 times and you can calculate the cost of this therapy. I thank uh, all the audience for their attention and for the question. And um, thank you again for your attention. Thank you. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.